Welcome to the Africa Energy and Climate Podcast. My name is Victor Mallet. Today is day five of COP here in Glasgow, and it is Youth Day. So I'll be speaking with a number of young people who are doing some fantastic things to change the world from their perspective in energy and climate. Join me. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm joined this afternoon by Tony Amutenya, who's a youth climate justice activist and sustainable development champion. Uh, she's also a mentor at the 50% Global Program of the Club of Rome. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Tony, tell us a little bit about your your work uh, in Namibia. Oh, well, um, I am the uh, country coordinator for the UNFCCC COI-16 for Namibia and um, I've been uh, the main coordinator for hosting the local conference of youth Namibia which is the first ever Namibian climate change youth uh, conference that we hosted on the third on the 23rd of October to the 24th of October this and year. it was well represented yeah hosted before the main comp the okay. main comp COI 16 yeah. of the UNFCCC under the young goal okay. um, and then also before the main COP, which is why we are here today. Fantastic. Yeah, and other than that, I'm uh, a mentor at the, top, at the 50% uh, global program of okay. the Club of Rome. It used to be then uh, the global engagement youth engagement platform for youth where they okay. discuss about the sustainable development goals, the challenges, reflections, etc., etc. It's a long profile. Yes. Yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's who I am. That's great. And Tony, Tell us how did you how did you get interested in activism in against climate change and, and for the sustainable goals? What what brought you to this? Okay, um, so basically my work for um, sustainable development and being an activist started way way back uh, when I was in primary school, and then I sort of like grew my capacity when I started understanding the world better at my secondary level. Um, so I started as um, uh, a member of an environmental club at school and then I went to, to you know, become a secretary of that environmental club. It's called the Kietman Swap Environmental Club and uh, since then I've been like in a lot of debating uh, platforms where I represented the nation and at some point I had to learn about the environment being a debater um, and, and that is actually where my interest actually grew. But it also started with the dramas um, under the, 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 the club. Um, yeah, and Actually, that, that is where it grew. Um, yeah. I'm from the south part of Namibia, and that is where, you know, like climate change uh, impacts hits the most. We have water scarcities, we have the succulent plants that were must, much more, uh, you know, um, becoming a little bit too um, critical and endangered um, due to um, plant trades and etc. So that is where my, my passion grew and since then I grew, I, I studied into uh, natural resource management okay. and yeah, today I <laughs> I can really say I've been a climate justice activist for more than 10 years now. Okay, yeah. that's great. And how big is, tell us a bit more about your organization and what your goals are with the organization. Yeah, so um, in Namibia, so um, as a young member, which is the the official UNFCCC children and youth constituency. Um, what we do is actually just to grow capacity for youth to engage in activities uh, related to climate justice and um, advocate for sustainability. And you know, just be 
uh, to oversee uh, the, the youth inclusivity as well as the children inclusivity in the decisions made that is uh, you know uh, to determine the future of this planet so back home um, being a country coordinator for, for, for Koi 16 my activities were to engage and to draw youth statements from my country for the development of the global youth statement which was also just launched and uh, delivered to the leaders um, at COP26. So the, the global youth statement for COP26 or for COI16 has actually been released and it's available. Uh, I might just not know the platform right now. Okay. Yeah, but it reflects the youth voices and um, uh, they are saying, or, yeah, they are saying actually when it comes to the future of this planet. Um, and it's a really, really resourceful document because it is structured to answer almost to or to address um, the youth concern under various um, sections um, related to climate change and sustainable development. Okay, and it's called the Global Youth Statement. The Global Youth Statement. Okay. I will definitely send it to you. All right, yeah. and if people Google Global Youth Statement COP26, they'll no, be able... No, not COP26, KOI16 Global Youth Statement. KOI, K-O-I. Yeah, KOI16, like I said, the Conference of Youth, the 16th ah, Conference of Youth conference. under the United Nation Framework Convention on Climate Change. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. And what have you seen uh, COP here, COP26, do in terms of youth participation and youth involvement? Have you been involved in, in some of the discussions or some of the events that are ongoing here? Well, on the high level plenary uh, staff, of course not. Um, but on the, you know, the involvement of youth, of course, uh, I might say that, you know, this past years, um, youth has really, we have seen a little improvement when it comes to the involvement of youth in certain activities. But we need more. We need to be part of the, um, you know, like the agreements, the meetings, uh, where all these policies are drafted and at the end of the day where these agreements are made. So that is actually the area where we lack. And I think um, we need to include youth in those areas so that we can also bring the, 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 the aspects of youth um, towards these negotiations. At the end of the day, um, we are the current generation and we actually are more motivated um, to take on action. Yes. And I've seen, I, I think you have seen it also, you know, the energy that youth present at this moment when it comes to action, yes. whether demonstrating, whether vocally, you know, whether innovative, uh, business-wise, we are do really trying a lot, but we need to be included in all those um, large delegations where decisions are made. And we also want our leaders to, you know, like lend us a ear and listen to us. And not just listen to us, but take our words um, to consideration whenever yeah. they are making these kind of decisions. You know, sometimes when a youth is in, in this kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, energy to advocate for youth inclusivity, you often feel like you want to drop a tear. Yeah. Because um, as much as we really want change, we want to be part of the change. Um, and we also want to be recognized as such. And that is where we come in, where we, we protest, where we demonstrate for youth inclusivity. But looking at the, the activities of youth at COP, um, there's a lot of activities, you know, uh, of youth engagement, youth development, capacity building, innovation, business, media, you know, yes. and that is where we came in with the energy um, to make COP actually a great um, uh, inclusive platform for youth, but then also a much more engaging one for adults. And I think that 
uh, apart from the leaders, we have our parents here, we have our NGOs here, we have our civil societies, we have university, academia, you call it. And um, they are giving us a, a, a listening here, but what we need is to be part of the process of decision making. Okay. And I think that is one area that we lack the most. Yeah. That's great. If you could choose two or three things that could come out of this COP conference here in Glasgow uh, as a result, so to speak, what would you say your, your wishes would be in terms of coming out and fulfilling the goals that you have? Okay, my goals for the nations at large is to see uh, the nations unite. And when I mean the nations unite, I mean developing countries uniting with developed countries. Uh, in terms of resource mobilization, in terms of climate finance, in terms of knowledge transfer and um, in terms of technology. Um, I'm from Africa and I'm from Namibia, yeah. a developing state on that matter. And um, looking at the technologies of developed countries, um, I think we still have like a long way to go. But what we need is to grow our capacity and as well as, to, you know, to get that um, sort of support. relationship and support to, to, to advance as well, okay. but then on a sustainable base, of course. Um, but also what we lack the most is building capacity on the local level. And I want the outcome, the most outcome that I want to see out of COP26 is to see the inclusivity of people that are sitting at the grassroots level. Our communities, our village people involved, okay. uh, included in all these policies, decisions that will be out the outcome of this COP26. Because they are the people that um, you know experience a lot of impacts on climate change. They are not here today. They are represented under the indigenous people. Uh, but of course, we need to do more than that. We need to be considerate of the fact that they they are at home and they are not part of these discussions. They might not even be listening on televisions. They might not be even listening on radio. They might not even know what policies are, are you know, being discussed here. But at the end of the day, what we need to do is to be inclusive of them and inclusive of the developing states and especially or particularly the communities that are in the developing states. Um, for example, the people living in informal settlements who are experiencing the impacts. People uh, from the marginalized society yeah etc uh, etc et and the inclusive of youth um it, it, it is so stressed as lot yeah. yeah we stress on it a lot but seriously we need to be included in this kind of decisions following the delegation so far the discussions the meeting rooms are so interesting you know yeah. and um to, to actually take on the chair and speak it's difficult because we are also learning the processes but it's it's a great it's a great platform for us to start and i think we also need to be taught on how to, you know, like contribute to this kind of discussions. Um, capacity building is one thing for me um, that I advocate on Tell a Tell me more level. about capacity building. What, what kind of capacity would you like to see being built? Yeah, capacity building is on a, you know, it, it can be, uh, it can actually fall on different aspects. Uh, looking at uh, where you come from. Like I come from Namibia, I said, and um, when, I, when I look at capacity building, I'm talking about starting from climate change. What is climate change? Many people do not understand what climate change is. So those, those topics being taught in schools about the science of climate change and the effects of climate change? or Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you look, if we navigate now to the education system, we might not even finish. Yes. Um, but in general, what I'm talking about is building capacity on a local level. Okay. Like on a local level, I mean um, uh, making sure that this information of change 
is actually accessible everywhere to everyone in every local language there is so that we can all move in the same direction uh, i'm sure that you, when you speak about climate action and if you ask someone or indigenous person or just you know like myself i might seem educated but let me say for example you asked me to explain what climate action is um, to someone who's of my locality yeah. or from my background I might not even know how to break it down yeah. to make them understand what climate action is okay. and that is what I'm talking about we need to build capacity on a grassroots level yes. we need to transfer this kind of knowledge we have to be able to explain it to someone who does not understand so that we can drive the action from you know from the, the roots base, and the grassroots from the, yeah from yes. there because if someone doesn't understand uh, why cut the cutting down of trees is wrong, yes, then um, and if you can also not explain to them why it's wrong in their own language, in their own language, yes. you 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 already have a barrier, yes. and that is a barrier we need to break. Because I am here today advocating for climate justice because I understand it, and um, I have built you know a capacity, my yeah. capacity in that area. Yes. But what we need to do is to make sure that we educate, you know, a younger person, an elderly, whoever on that grassroots level to understand the impacts and also to, to understand the necessities of taking resilience or action towards yeah. climate change. Yeah. So I think and, and, and that's very helpful. That's a very good explanation. Thank thanks thanks for sharing that. For young people in Africa who are who know a bit about climate change, who are informed but don't really know what to do about it. What what would you say Let's say in Namibia, for example, given them, let's take Namibia as an example. What advice would you give them in terms of how can they get involved to make any kind of positive change uh, regarding climate change? Yeah. That's a very good question. Uh, provided that we just came out of uh, hosting local coin Namibia. Um, those were some of the questions that came out of, from people that didn't really understand what they needed to do to be part of the change. But I always tell, you know, um, we don't always need to lobby for the same thing. Um, climate action can be generalized in many things. Like if you perhaps are an entrepreneur, you can go green. You can choose to go into a green business. Um, if you are into, um, you know, like innovations, you can you can start looking at kind of the kind of innovations that will bring um, that are not polluting, that are not carbon pollute, uh, emitting, you yes. know, um, that are carbon neutral or uh, zero emission. Yes. We should look at the targets of, of reaching to, uh, the targets of 2050, yeah. for example, of the Paris Agreement and okay. etc. But what I always advise is um, to start low and to start with what you know yep. and also grow your capacity uh, towards that direction. Mm -hmm. For example, if you are an entrepreneur, you want to learn uh, on how to put or to, to to look at your business in the long term going green. Yeah. So you can you want to associate yourself with programs that will teach you uh, on how to go green. Yes. Um, you would want to associate yourself with uh, with being mentored, you sure. know, into the green businesses and to understand what you can do. Perhaps what you needed to do is just to implement recycling of your products. Uh, um, that is already an action. Or in your community. Yeah. Or in your community. I have a friend of mine who runs uh, Liber Innovate Green Innovations in Tanzania. Um, she looked at the problem and the challenges surrounding her and she thought, how can I be as a businesswoman or wanting to venture into business come in to tackle one of these challenges of climate change? She looked at waste and she saw that waste is something that she would want, she's passionate about and maybe also create a business towards that. So she is now 
having one of the largest, uh, a massive women-led uh, business on waste management um, in Tanzania. In Tanzania, That's what great. she does is she collects or she recycles um, plastics, plastic bottles, um, anything plastic. So yes. she has put out a lot of zo a lot of um, plastic collection zones, zones. Uh, all around her city where people are aware um, that what you throw in there is a plastic bottle yeah. you know that is a great initiative and i think everyone should look at what you're passionate about yeah. what business you want to venture into because with an african child it's about finding an opportunity yeah. and most of the opportunities are into businesses if you are not employed then you must think about an innovation or just a business area that you want to tackle but then it should look at the greener solution of providing a green planet at the end of the day Fantastic. Do you think, let me ask you this, do you think, as our closing uh, question, do you think youth, what involvement do you think youth in, in, politi in the political sphere, in terms of action, pushing policymakers and politicians towards actions that are good for the environment? What do you think is the role of youth in that, in that aspect? Uh, that's a very interesting question and it might be the question that, you know, would, um, someone would ask, why are you there? Um, because I'm following a delegation of Namibia and under youth that I fall, um, I must say that um, as a youth, you know, in politics, I, I don't really consider myself being in politics, but I consider myself being an advocate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so what I would, you know, um, not request, but what I think uh, a youth who is in politics should do when it comes to holding leaders accountable is to ensure that they themselves are accountable for their own action because it says it starts with you you must have a track record of showing why you you, you advocate for such change uh, at the first uh, at the first place yes. and then secondly you must lobby to ensure that um, you have a track you know like a track record not re a record but I would say um, roadmap yes. of where you want uh, your these decisions to lead okay um, for example you can't just stand up one day and say um, I want my leaders to to go green you know I want I want everything of this country to go green or you know decisions should be made towards going green but we should have a roadmap starting from like I always say starting from the grassroots yeah. um, we can't just make drastic measures like for example I must you know just throw it in there developed countries can make drastic measures because they they stand adapted um, they can mitigate, I mean, they can adapt to a lot of, you know, challenges, let me say disasters and all that. They can bounce back. Uh, they are more resilient, I must say. But for an African co uh, continent, you can't just decide one day or force your leaders to sign agreements uh, uh, to, to, to respond to climate change on drastically like that. We need to be strategic. We need a roadmap. And that is a roadmap that we need to present to our leaders, that if we start from this basis, of making sure that our people are aware and then we make sure that our roads and whatever infrastructures that we are planning of developing or bringing into our countries are sustainable yeah. we might find ourselves in 10 years or you know how many years in this journey so whatever decisions we make there we should consider our people we should consider the future and then in between there we must make sure that they are sustainable yes so whatever you do whatever um, advocacy work you you you, are, you involve yourself under 
and the policies and you know negotiations or uh, holding leaders accountable you must understand these steps because these are also steps that our leaders follow as much as we know uh, of course um, yeah <laughs> they follow these steps yeah yeah and it's difficult for just you to make a decision just because uh, you are being pushed. Yeah. You need to consider uh, where you come from. You need to see, consider where you are going, and that is the roadmap that we do not have as youth. I must say, yeah. we only see the, the drastic measures that we need to take now, but we need to consider the long term and also the people that are involved along the way. So let's have a roadmap. Let's have constructive documents and papers in place because what we do is we talk without putting things in paper and then we consider them, our leaders, to listen to us. I think if we come with trust, strategic um, you know, policies and, uh, and strategies of how to go forward, they might you know, listen to us and say, okay, I think you have a plan. I think this explains very well why you think we need to go towards that direction. I think I make sense. No, that's that's been very clear. That's that's really really well laid out. That's very well laid out. Tony, thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast, and uh, we hope to speak to you again soon, uh, perhaps from Namibia to hear more about your efforts there and your work there, and uh, celebrate your successes. Thanks Thank again, you Tony. Thank you so much. It has been so awesome, and I'm <laughs> I must say, it. thank you. You're welcome.